the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC on ESPN 16 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMA Junkie as well as LineMovement.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast. We break down high-level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight. Recording this after the weigh-in, shortly after West Coast Pacific time, where the fights are not. That's right, second week, second time in this pandemic era. They are back at Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi uh, for UFC on ESPN 16, home versus Aldana, which I'll be breaking down from top to bottom. You can check the timestamps for when that starts as per usual, and I will be recapping my picks and plays as per usual. Uh, and if you're listening on YouTube, give it a like, uh, give the video a like, even though it's not much of a video product for these breakdown shows for the most part, as you know. However, it does help the show, and I will be posting more interviews. Got one that I uh, recorded uh, for the uh, UFC Origins doc, which uh, was, was much better than I expected. Don't want to say too much. We'll talk about that more. We'll be releasing that episode Probably next, maybe for some Sunday listening. But on this episode, it will be the breakdown show. So check the show notes. Going to try to make this an expedited version as I see someone else. I believe it was the Scouting MMA account. It does, I can't keep track because so many of y'all have called me out for it. And rightfully so when I say expedited edition. Check the time elapse. Because, you know, Dan Tom sometimes goes long. Like, for example, I don't want to say I got my last show out early because it was actually on time, as it should be. It was a big numbered event, right? I got it out on Thursday. It wasn't an expedited edition. Nevertheless, I, I looked at the time, and I actually did a shorter show for the non-expedited editions than, like, all my last three expedited editions. So, to your point, talk your shit. It's, it's, it's justified. I love you guys. Nevertheless, thank you for joining me here. Um, going to be a couple quick notes, a couple quick shots off the top. No recap, so that'll spare you some, or me some time, I should say, right? Uh, because I already recapped UFC 253 uh, After Party Edition on my YouTube channel. Thank you all for joining me live after the fact. Or if you were like uh, Ryan Wagner MMA and just gif me doing the uh, old jerk-off gif. Kind of appropriate that the first time Dan Tom gets gift is... Uh, uh, you know, is, is something to do with a dick. So I'll take it. That's part of the course. But uh, thanks, Ryan. I was actually already going to shout Ryan Wagner MMA for possibly making me a, uh, forgive the pronunciation, Akihisa fan, a Kiosh Kishin kickboxer. Listen to the old Eight Limbs podcast over there on the uh, Fight Site feed. Uh, but, you know, Canadians being Canadians and their conspiracy to make me like them more, got to go out of their way to do do uh, funny stuff like that. Um I, I don't know if he's officially part of their crew or not, but let me also just shout out my notes as I, as I work my way down to the uh, home Aldana breakdown. Uh, at Jab Zuda, who's an Aldana fan. Um, you know what? Page note that. Let me let me get to that here in a second. Um, but yes, yes, folks. Uh, thanks for that on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, by the way, to my channel there. Daniel Tom MMA. I know i got to get it 
changed over to Dan Tom M- MMA. The guys over at Line Movement uh, keep keep uh, keep keep on me about that, but uh, I mean that endearingly because man, from uh, you know Jordan especially, uh, but B Park, everybody over there, James, uh, the man has been filling uh, f- f- filling in. Uh, when we need over for the Line Movement MMA betting show that's uh, hosted by Dan Levy, co-hosted by myself. And we break things down every Wednesday, but you guys don't see it till Thursday morning. So go follow them. It's, it's, it's definitely a nice appetizer if you're a listener of mine, you know, to kind of get get my earliest takes. And, and I also write down my uh, best or favorite bets or, you know, an amalgamation of both when I don't want to use as strong of a word for cards like this, which are pretty sparse in spots. We'll talk about that. But Regardless of what the card looks like, I will post my thoughts on it uh, from a betting perspective over at linemovement.com. So follow them at linemovement underscore or line underscore, excuse me, movement. Coffee still coming up a bit this morning. Um, also want to shout out uh, people who uh, support me and my site, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, the host of this here program, uh, you know, which uh, runs everything, the studio that runs the YouTube channel and all that stuff. It's all DIY, all done in-house. Do it yourself. Uh, wow, I just kind of did it off the top of my head. I always knew the do-it-yourself part. Either way, it's the punk hardcore way. Um, it's it's burning me out at times, especially on weeks like this. I, I, it was another week where I was questioning my own sanity. Um, but then, you know, from finding the love in work to the finding the laughs online, like I just shouted out, to just people who go above and beyond. You, you know, uh, Robert G., I'm going to spare your last name for privacy. I don't know if you, I don't think I got an okay to, for, to get a shout out or not, so we'll just leave you at Robert G. I know he's a fan of the podcast and shared nice words before, more than enough. I mean, just knowing that I help you all out uh, as far as, you know, plays, insight, or entertainment goes is more than enough, but for whatever reason, Robert G wanted to go above and beyond, like many of you have done, uh, which I'm surprised that I can honestly say that, and, and that's just amazing. I'm surprised because I I have low expectations. Uh, clearly, uh, there's not low self. There is no no self esteem here. So so it still blows me away that people even listen, much less uh, donate to the PayPal link at mixedmarshallanalyst.com. Thank you for that uh, generous donation, sir. Anyone who wants to support the show, I guarantee you, as you can see, hopefully here, uh, the money does go back into the show. Here it is greatly appreciated. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, uh, you know, especially as, you know, uh, independent contracting media, we, 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 we're, we're pro fighters rights for a reason. Cause we, we relate a lot with them as far as their positions. So, uh, you know, um, to, you know, thank you for supporting our work at, at the places that employ us. We appreciate that, but, uh, but, um, you know, um, as far as you know, non-leveraged work and work that we can see immediate benefit in is the independent work or the independent portions of our work, aka the podcasts of the other media members you listen to. You like them, do the same, do the same for them if you're not already doing it. Um, you make sure you're supporting those independent projects as well. I guess is what I'm trying to say because uh, it's definitely felt. All right, let's push on through. To the other side, break on through to the other side, Ray, Ray. All right, sorry, Dan, we're not doing a Jim Morrison impression for your followers, so we're checking things off the list, you know, to uh, drive listenership, (laughs) right? Uh, All right, so we got Holm Aldana on the top of this card. Uh, Holly Holm, minus 115, Aren Aldana, 
um, plus 105, uh, minus 105, plus 100, depending on what houses you're looking at in that neighborhood, right? Um, was able to grab Aldana at plus money. I'm not saying that like I'm excited, like I got some jump um, that I've got Willy Wonka's golden ticket because this fight is close for a reason, folks. Um, although you could argue dog or pass, it's definitely the side that I fall on. I'm not even going to go as far and say that. I'm not going to tell you to put money on either side. Um, that being said, like I alluded to, I'm a big Arena Aldana fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Dan Easy. Uh, like my like my man over there at Jabzuda. Uh, <laughs> the funny uh, motorcycle uh, edit of her on a motorcycle. And I was laughing because I, too, am a fan of Aldana, like my man over there. And I, too, was, like, lurking those pics. Hey, I'm, I'm not lurking. I was researching. Let me rephrase that. Researching for the... For the article, the podcast, folks, you know I always look at their Instagrams. But yes, you know, I, I did, I did. I'll, I'll be lying if I said uh, Aldana gave, gained some points seeing her on, on the on the motorcycle. I was just like, wow, this is a. I mean this in a positive term, folks, uh, ladies out there. I don't mean this in a neg- That's a badass bitch right there. That is a badass bitch, and I mean that in the complete respect, punching up, putting up, uh, way possible. I don't mean that in a negative. She's just a badass bitch. Uh, and, um, boy, uh, jabs you to you know, try to keep your pants on here, but, uh, one of, <laughs> you know, Dan Tom's kryptonite is like, is Colombian girls or like Latin girls in general. I know Aldana is Mexican, but I'm a fan of her as well, as well as her, uh, stable mate, uh, Alexa Grasso. And, uh, I don't know why, but I'll, I'll share this, like, especially with the, the, the jab Zudas of the world. I want, you know, your boy goes out to the Bellator Hawaii shows, and like I don't know what connection any of these girls have with Bellator. Maybe does Pearl fight for them now? I don't know, but Pearl Gonzalez was out there, right? Which I know, fan as well, right? She's awesome. Uh, but with her is Alexa Grasso, um, and Arena Aldana. And when I wasn't looking over, speaking of Colombian kryptonite, how about uh, Alejandra Lara? Oh my goodness. Anyways, they were all, they all showed up to, uh, you know, weigh in. and again, these girls, I don't even know if they fight for Bellator. I know that obviously Aldana and Grasso doesn't, but like, they all show up to the Bellator weigh-ins looking like they're about to get on the scale because they got, you know, like short jean shorts, booty shorts, and just like bikinis on. And I'm just like, Latin girls in bikinis in Dan Tom's home backyard of, of Hawaii? Like, what is going on? Because you don't see like Mexican anything in Hawaii, folks. Like, I remember going out to eat with my more well-to-do side of the family. Like, we're going somewhere exotic tonight. I'll brag. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. Insert Dan Tom Jerkoff Jeff. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go somewhere exotic. Like, listen, we're going somewhere really, really fancy. And it was like it was like a Mexican joint like that you have like every fucking four blocks here in Las Vegas, right? And I was like, what is this? this is... They're like, this is the only place you can get burritos on the island. I'm like, what the heck? Because I didn't realize since I've been moved away for there for so long. Uh, like, yeah, that's right. Like, the, the least probably... Wow, this breakdown's really going off the rails. The least the least popular race is like anything Latin in Hawaii. Like, you'll see more black people. Um, and they're probably half of them are Samoan, granted. But, no, I'm just kidding. No, like, you'll see... You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see a lot of Mexican anything. So, I was my mind was just being blown on many levels and layers. And... Um, yeah, Dan Tom had to snap out of it. I was like Richie Gecko from Dust Till Dawn. Like, Richie? Richie? You know, Juliet Lewis just asked for the keys for the car, but he hears something completely different. That is Dan Tom. All right, enough, enough outing yourself, but uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Jabzuda's pants are not on his roof by now. But yeah, uh, Biased stated, wow, 
in, in such a way. This is an early morning one, so you know Dan Tom is sober as shit. Like, I, I, I have no excuse for this. I'm sorry, folks. But uh, that reason aside, uh, no, no, I, I do like Aldana here. Uh, I, I like her boxing style. I love me some Mexican fighters, uh, men and women. All right, we're not, we're not. Let's keep it. Let's keep it back on the rails, Dan. Let's keep it fair. Um, and she has a lot of those stylings that are stereotyped with her region. However, she didn't like come up boxing or anything. I was kind of surprised. Like she's kind of the more typical. Like I took a kickboxing class to stay in shape, and just happened to be one of the you know. One of the uh, you know more equipped and female uh, catering uh, f- female MMA gyms that I joined uh, to get in shape, Lobo uh, MMA, uh, where of course Arena Aldana is, and, or not Arena Aldana, Alexa Grasso is, and uh, um, yeah, Dan, stay on target. Uh, but yeah, no, she she actually came up doing jujitsu a lot too. She earned. Some decent accolades, even though I kind of said she had no notable accolades. Uh, she earned some, like, but, you know, again, Mexican regional uh, scene, but still, it shows she's entering competitions, she's getting after it, and, and she's winning. She's an athletic girl. She, you know, did track, I think soccer. So she's always been an athlete, and uh, she seems to really learn quick. You look at, you know, kind of her trajectory. You know, I didn't realize how fast she was thrown in there. Like, about the time she popped up on my radar and Invicta, was about the time she started her career, which I, I guess I never really put two and two together. Uh, as you can tell, I kind of went back and we did a deep profile on Aldana, um, which tends to happen a lot of these times, like when I come across one of the rare fighters who I haven't written a profile on because they haven't been, like, on a, you know, whether it's a female or a flyweight, they don't really get the main card, you know, love a lot of the times or, or main attractions, so... I haven't written anything Aldana, so I had to go back and run her through the whole proverbial comb, watch pretty much everything I could, um, and, and and was pretty impressed, man. Ultimately, she has the counter right hand, which is what you need against Holly Holm, going back to Anne-Sophie Mathis in boxing, to wins like her split decision win over Rocky Pennington the first time they fought, to, of course, her losses, whether it's a southpaw in the check right hook, a shot that I called, you know, again, not to pat myself on the back, one of those few breakdowns where you can read my Shevchenko home breakdown, and it reads like I wrote it after the fight, but I said that check right hook's going to be there. Counter right hands have been there in general. We saw it with Jermaine Durandamy, and of course, uh, Amanda Nunes, who actually really after up with the uh, high kick on the open stance side, messing her up with her own weapon. So I'll actually be curious to see if Aldana mixes those in. She usually, unless she's like mixing in the the rogue spin kick, she's been really just adding in leg kicks that are deceptively effective. I think we're going to see a lot less of those based on this is going to be technically her first high-level southpaw in competition and Holmes' movement and style. So I think we'll see a lot less leg kicks I'm curious if it'll affect her jab, as we know that it can unfairly affect uh, that with that rule of thumb, whether we're talking about foot positions, stance, matchups, etc. Um, let's see how well-schooled she is and how, uh, as far as her striking coaches uh, told her. Because I, not so much her jab, I think Aldana's up jab's going to have a lot of play. It works, she seems to you know take about a round to get in her groove, but once she gets the up jab going symbiotically, uh, and play. In other words, she can play it off of, play it with her cross in combination. Um, that's when, for me, that's what kind of what hallmarks that she's turned on. She's she's she, she's getting going, and off that specific flow, you know that 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 high kick off the open stance can flow off of that. If she's feeling her groove, um, that'll be something to look for. Ultimately, it's going to come down for me to that counter right hand, and for home, it's going to come down to the clinch. 
can is this a matchup where home can actually rock somebody? Sure, Aldana's not beyond being rocked. Um, sure, she was stopped, you know, uh, early on, late in the rounds, uh, early on in her career to legitimate competition in her first two five-round uh, fights at bat. First to Larissa Pacheco in jungle fights, second to Tanya Evinger and Victor, a fight where she was fighting through the flu, by the way. Um, but this is a different styles match. Um, but yes, could I see Aldana slipping into a rogue head kick? Yes, that could happen. But unless home hurts her early, then I think uh, she's really going to have to be showing clinch dominance early and often. You know, she's she showed she could defend against Rousey, but since that Chris Cyborg fight, we've been seeing it, her take the clinch on her own terms, which isn't a bad move. As I sip some coffee there. Oh, leave Um, But it's it's not a bad move. In fact, it kind of parlays into her point scoring sensibilities. Uh, you know, and that's going to be interesting. You know, I talked a bit about that in the breakdown. One thing I kind of left out or forgot to talk about, I guess, was Aldana. I like that she's active and she does good at separations. She's got good first layer takedown defense, which I did talk about. Um, but I don't know how much home was going to be taking her down, trying to take her down as opposed to controlling her. And even though I like Aldana's activity, when she's not separating, she's striking. But when she's striking, she'll often elect to go from the tie plum, which I think will give kind of carte blanche to the underhook, uh, underhook approach for home. And she could stymie there if that's the case. So that's something to watch out for. However, I am going to go with Arin Aldana by decision. I do warn anybody going, as I outlined in the line movement um, betting angles uh, article, uh, anybody playing the decision or over props or those angles on this kind of a fight for hedging purposes or otherwise. Because I could also see the finish, not just the rogue one from Holly, but I'm leaving the door open for Arin Aldana to get a fourth or fifth round finish here um, and, as, and start pouring it on from the third round on. So... That is something to look forward to. I don't think she tires. I think she'll have better cardio at this point of their careers. Um, so let's see. It's an IQ test. I mean, Holly Holm has given enough patterns over the course of her career that you know what she's bringing. Can you stop it? So let's see. Uh, for plus 100, I was willing to take the shot. Good luck if you did. If not, Holly Holm is still at a bettable price if you're a believer and, and, and you don't like what I'm saying, which is totally cool. It's your money. Uh, next fight. Uh, boy. I believe I was one of the first people saying that last year that the co-main event has slowly died. And uh, I give you Jorgen DeCastro, minus 220 versus Carlos Felipe, plus 200. Uh, forget co-main event. This is the Otter Pop special fight of the night, folks. Remember the Otter Pops uh, thing? And then I posted that picture that went around. Uh, that was, of course, I chose to you know capture the physique of... Uh, Ice fisherman fighter uh, Sergey Spivak versus Carlos Philippe and those uh, stellar bodies, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not too far from Dan Tom's current fitness level. Hey, actually, I think I'm down in weight. I think I dropped like almost over five, but we're getting to the 10-pound 10 10 mark. We're getting there. Not if I keep missing freaking jiu-jitsu practices. Um, going to go tomorrow. We're back in the gi, baby. Gi season. Got my Hamza Chimaya blue belt I've been working through. Let's see, let's, let's work our way to purple, baby. Um, all right, uh, Dan, that's not the breakdown. Speaking of jiu-jitsu, Carlos Felipe, he didn't really show too much of it in his UFC fight. He's actually a state jiu-jitsu champion, although he doesn't list a ranking on his profile. But, you know me, I like yagging. 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 Hey, yagging. Get over here. Fucking yagging. Yagging. 
you just put Jorgen in Goodwill Hunting, you know, and just be like, Chuck, I had a double burger. Jorgen, I got your fucking double burger. Shut up. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, I had a double burger. <laughs> I used to piss off an old manager, and I would just repeat that all the time. Back in valet when they used to, sh to shuttle all of us runners up to the garage and Caesars to bring all the cars down. <laughs> it's like the damn court jester in there and just, just oh, the stories I could tell you. Dan, get back to the breakdown. Yagen. That's what got me off. Uh, Yagen to Castro. Uh, I think he's going to break Carlos Felipe's tick legs. He's got some tick toys there. Speaking of tick, going to have a... Uh, Gonna maybe do a top five thick fighters uh, uh, episode coming up, bringing the top five episode back. All right, Dan. I know this fight's so horrible. I've gotten like ADD sidetracked like seven times before I've really broken anything down. There's really not much to say. Um, I'm not gonna take any side here for the price. Jorgen actually opened at like minus 270 wider. Again, if you're gonna be a heavyweight and opened north of minus 200 odds, you better show some proven skill. Um, and I've not seen that with from Yagen, but I've seen more from Yagen. By the way, how about uh, uh, shout out to uh, at Lord Honky Humongous posting that reminder? How about y Yagen? He's got that deceptive amateur and Muay Thai experience. I didn't realize that in the amateur and Muay Thai bouts, he fought a Thick Willie. Jesus, Dan, take a shot. Thick Willie got mentioned on this podcast. Thick Willie is like the new UFC Fight Night 13 for old school listeners of this podcast. Like, I find myself segueing it somehow to every podcast. But yeah, Yagen went one and one with. Uh, Thick Willie, and he looked trim. It looked like Trim Yagen. It was Trim Yagen versus Thick Willie. It was, it was quite the. Uh, God, I hope Tyson Shardy doesn't listen to my podcast. He probably thinks I'm fucking crazy. Uh, I'm gonna take Yagen here. Um, I don't know if the rumors were true uh, that he's been training at the the, the Jackson Wink. Uh, and if, if he got away from the New England cartel, if he's gonna have the uh, principal in his corner. <laughs> making fun of that unfairly i thought it was awesome and i think it might have only been one time but like like this is a guy that has the travels with the principal in his corner is uh is he gonna have, is he gonna be back in his corner or is school back in with covid what's going on i don't know these are the intangibles that we're breaking down on this is the level of co-main event in other words folks uh, we're talking about here i'm gonna take jorgen but i think uh it could uh it could go it could go long this could um um, shout out to the MMA analysis podcast. This could uh, this could go fatty, as they say. Uh, fatty's gonna fatty, as they say. All right, Juliana Pena plus one thirty five. GDR Jerain Durandamy minus one forty five. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched after the bell. <laughs> Damn, it's not fair. Oh, poor Jermaine Durandamy. She just got hosed by, like, Rogan and even, like, prominent media members who up until recently were just always bringing that up for the poor girl. But then she'll say things that really doesn't help herself. And I know she was saying some, you know, somewhat controversial things about her Amanda Nunez loss that I saw posted around. But something I think we need to remind ourselves, too, is that fighters are just, dude, they got to tell themselves these things, man. There's no other way. So that's kind of why I don't really raise eyebrows anymore to what fighters say about fights or about even about non fights these days, right? I mean, as as crazy as some of it is, I it's kinda sad to say where my apathy is on this sport, but I'm not surprised. Um but yeah, that's that's definitely his low on the radar. A fighter with ridiculous self belief, you need that, so I don't know how much of it is a flag for me, per se, but I I'm not but uh I still haven't played Durand to me. I may. The the price is going down from the minus one fifty. I didn't like the minus one fifty. 
I liked more like the minus 135 range that uh, I made another play on here. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, basically, I just went back to watch Juliana Pena's last fight where I haven't seen her in a while. And I know Nico Montaigne is gets talked shit on, and so she's going to be naturally underrated. And if you look at her skills, she's good at making fights ugly from the clinch, uh, etc. Uh, but the fact that, and I know Juliana Pena won, but the fact that, like, especially that first round, that first half of the fight, she just looked so lost. She went for the damn head and arm throw and couldn't even get got lost there. Like, the underhook battle, she seemed completely lost on. Um, it was just really bad. I know that was her first fight, shaking off the rust, but, like, those things are really bad. Uh, Durandamy has good first-layer takedown defense. you got to really catch her off guard in the open or chain against the fence pretty decently in twos to threes attacks. Um, and I don't know if Juliana Pena can do that. And if she does, I don't know if she can finish her. Because say what you will, or let GDR say what she will, about the Amanda Nunes fight. Speculate as you will. The fact is, Amanda Nunes is a badass, a judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And, um, you know, wasn't able to get the finish over five rounds in a fight where she was taking it to the ground quite some time, at least for her. Uh, granted, she was playing more conservative, sure. Uh, both parties. Which is that? That is what it can result in. But uh, if uh, GDR loses the round, I don't know if she necessarily loses the fight. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So for that reason, I'll take GDR. I don't know if she gets the finish, um, but I think she'll be able to counter Juliana Pena, who is very, very counterable. And Juliana Pena, she's got that you know Latin toughness and chin, but GDR is definitely one of the hardest hitters at bantamweight. Um, so I'm going to take GDR here. Don't blame anybody playing that side. Careful if you're playing the underdog. Um, but if you do and it hits, you can tell me and everybody and rub it on our face, I'm sure. Dusko Tordovic, minus 340, and Dequan Townsend, plus 310. Man, I think I saw a sad headline on my own site there, Junkie. Um, I got to follow up on Dequan Townsend. Like, his brothers got shot or something, like, recently, like in August? Fuck, man, how do you not root for that guy to do well, especially when he's on the Kedasi Bragamov skin where he looks like he's about to take a minus 4-0 or 0-4 uh, because I'm taking Dusko here. I like Dusko's boxing and movement despite being a Taekwondo guy. He parlays that bounce to an in-and-out. Kind of reminds me of a more sharper and more potent version of a... What's his name? A Texas guy. Great white shark. Alex Morono. Um, but yeah, I like Dusko in Contender Series. Let's see, he's young. He could, he could have improved in the time off. Not necessarily a bad thing. Although, yes, Townsend is technically the more active man, albeit losing. Uh, he's going back down to 185 where he should be fighting at, but I'm not sure it's going to help his, the speed equation. He's still going to be at a speed disadvantage. And uh, to enough to where I don't know if it's going to make a difference for his power. So I see Dusko Tortovic being able to pull away and get a stoppage here. Um, I put him in a in a degenerate parlay that I I, I listed uh, for those who like to do that kind of thing on the live movement MMA betting sh sheet, not show. So yeah, meet us on. Also on the betting sheet, Court McGee is now down to minus one twenty five. Money coming in on fan favorite Carlos Condit plus one fifteen. Um, don't blame that. Uh, I love Carlos Condit. People I love are on Carlos Condit. Uh, but this is a fight that you could argue that 
was deceptively tough for Carlos Condit to win stylistically. Brownie, stop uh, chewing the thing. Stop it. Come here. Um, even in his prime. And when we look at his prime, it's like, man, wh- where the heck did that thing go? I mean, outside of a doctor stoppage over Tiago Alves and a retiring on his way out, who he retired, Martin Campman. I love Martin Campman. That's not a diss, just saying what it is. I mean, then you you got to go back over seven years to Nick Diaz, one two five, and then the last time he looked impressive before that was like what twenty twelve, twenty eleven, or twenty eleven? Yeah, like uh, wow, it's like. Other than that, it's filled with the losses. You could say you should have won the Lawler fight, sure, but man. Even if you want to hang on to that, I think we could see that both both of those guys aren't the same after that fight. And um, and yeah, man, his, his constituents like Lawler or Woodley got again. I'm not gonna I, out of respect. I'm not gonna say it with to Condit about Condit because I love Condit, but I'm sure you guys can read between the lines here. I'm not a guy who ever accuses. Uh, fighters of ulterior motives, much less money being shot or calling a fighter shot. Like, I'm usually the last guy to kind of say these things, right? I don't got a good feeling about Carlos Condit, man. Let's just say that, you know? Talking about all the reasons. I was even watching the press conference. Like, all the reasons. And again, you can't take too... I just said, you know, with the GDR, you can't take what these fighters say too seriously. That's true. But playing armchair psychologist couldn't help but like think that like when they ask like what's the importance of a win and you know is it important to go out there and win at this point so of course it's important to win and it just felt like that very like political answer that the answer i'm supposed to give like just the body language everything i didn't like about it you know and he brings out he's like you know winning uh affects a lot of things which it does right he goes it affects money it affects it affects a lot of things I didn't like that money was the first and only thing you said, connecting with previous things, if you're reading between the lines here. Um, he does look like he's making the real training rounds, BMF and Jackson Wink. He looks in great shape. These are great signs if you're a Carlos Condit fan, you know. Heck, I saw signs of him early in the pandemic training in the garage with, uh, with Brandon Gibson, which... Uh, I, I know MMA gambler Lance Fischel likes, um, you know, that garage grind. But uh, speaking of grind, grindy guys who can grind, come forward, or durable and get hit takedowns like Court McGee, who could, you know, unless you're really good, he's going to defend, you know, defending takedowns with Carlos Condit isn't. Yeah, you can defend Court's takedowns. He's not a D1 level wrestler, but it's a built in part of his game and has been for some time. He still goes for him. He still comes forward, and even though you know he's been stopped and rocked a lot, he kind of always has been, and he's just got that durable come forwardness, even at his age. Which, by the way, Court McGee, you're younger than Carlos Condit. Crazy, right? Carlos thirty six, Court thirty five. Um, now, Court not having as much training benefits again, folks. Uh, an intangible. I talked with Dan Levy on the Line Moving MMA Betting Show. Guy, people who train at big camps uh, who travel to have to travel to it necessarily don't have that big camp advantage in pandemic time, right? Even with things opening back up, people are still choosing to train at home. More power to them. Um, so people like GDR who just are training like in their normal home of Amsterdam, they actually maybe have an advantage because nothing really changed for them. And 
So, uh, but whereas Court McGee, who I'm on at minus 135, not as good of a line, he actually didn't train at Factory X for this one. He stayed back with Ramsey Nijem over there in Salt Lake City, SLC. So, I mean, he's done the majority of his career there. So, I mean, it's not like that's crazy. He's just got resources and training partners, but it ain't Factory X. So, we'll see if that makes a difference. He's still getting, you know, um, some decent elevation over there. Uh, being in Salt Lake, not as much, of course, at Factory X, but um, so we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take McGee to grind to a, d a depressing decision. Um, I wouldn't mind being wrong because I'm a fan of Carlos Condit, have been since he upset Frank Trigg at Rumble on the Rock 9. Favorite fight of his, WEC 35 against Hiro Mitsumira. But man, uh, I, I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't, I can't bank on what I saw, and uh, say what you will about McGee. He's dependable and fits the stylistic profile to get the job done. Kyler Phillips, minus 460. Cameron Ilse, plus 410. This fight's on the avoid list because I admittedly did not do any um, stude on it. Um, I do like what I saw on seen on Kyler Phillips thus far. I was even uh, watching some of the old uh, clips of him online there. Uh, again, shouts to the at Lord Honky Humongous there, at Mr. Honky. Uh, I was posting some. I really, really like this kid's savvy and the way he moves, man. Uh, one to watch for, which is why the line's high. I just can't say yes or no because I didn't watch Cameron Ace. Uh, I did put Jar Charles Jordan in that dumb parlay because uh, I think he balances back here against the scrappy Josh Koulibau. Josh will be fighting at his right weight, and hopefully he had somewhat of a full camp. Uh, he gave it his all. You know, he, he could have gone out earlier against John and Mr. Turner. But he didn't, and uh, now he's got Charles Jordan. So let's see if uh, uh, Charles can uh, hold it up for Canada. Uh, Jordan Williams, minus 125, versus uh, Nasiruddin Imovov, uh, plus 115. Uh, this is on the avoid list as well. Didn't do any study on this. I guess I'll pick Williams, but uh, for beating um, you know, Russian-sounding dudes before. And his experience, but yeah, I've I not watched the other, other gentleman. Sounds familiar though. Feels like I should know who he is. Loma Lukbong Mi, uh, minus 150, Jin Yu Fry, plus 140. Uh, yeah, I think Loma excels by having a girl similar to her size parity. She just has to watch the takedowns and the more MMA savvy game of Fry, who is more experienced in the MMA arena. However, um, like others have said, you know, she may have gotten here too late. Uh, as I'll take Loma's clinch savvy and output, leg kicks. Uh, she can hit some trips and takedowns of her own. We saw her hit that on uh, Angie Hill. Um, so I'll take Loma here, but I'm reserved on recommending any kind of plays here. Because uh, uh, although I'm familiar with both, I didn't A, look deeply, and B, from what I'm familiar with, you know, something has me kind of scared that this fight could be uh, even closer than what the already close line is. So with that, I'll move on to Casey Kenny minus 320. He actually came down, which kind of surprised me against Haley Alatang plus 290. Figure people will be uh, stereotyping uh, China, you know, which is the thing to do in many ways. Thank you, Tito Ortiz, for adding to that with your ridiculously stupid things that you keep uh, putting out in the ether. ether. Uh <laughs> Shots to Bohaching and Depot. Uh, but no, you can't underestimate Ahali Alatang, even though I guess technically am, because I'm picking and listed Casey Kenny and wrote him up as playable chalk. However, yes, Ahali Alatang is one of the better 
prospects to come out of China, if you want to call them a prospect, but better products. Um, come from uh, Mongolian belt wrestling, but also he's got some freestyle wrestling on there. However, you could tell he fits more of the freestyle uh, stereotypes as far as when he does hit takedowns, he's not getting a lot of control, but he's freakishly strong, so it does help him in his wrestling and scrambling, as well as his mean right hand, which will have an open pathway, being that he's got the open stance matchup against Casey Kenny of Southpaw. However, Casey Kenny's not an inept Southpaw on his feet. I think he can manage, counter, and get in on his entries, where Casey Kenny's freestyle and Greco wrestling experience, as well as his judo creds and black belt, plus his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, makes him the better clinch wrestler, clinch fighter, mat wrestler, mat fighter, etc. I think that's where he's taking this fight. I think that's where he's winning this fight. Um, Alatang may be able to get a couple scares off, but Casey Kenny seems to recover well. He's got the cardio. He's got the experience. Um, I just like him across the board. I think he's one of the safer parlay pieces. So I paired him with uh, Charles Jordan and Disco Todorovic uh, for uh, plus money. I think it was like plus 1.04 or something. So uh, that's what I did along with uh, McGee. Oh, I'll recap my plays with McGee and Aldana. Um, no props I really like, but let me finish off by talking of, about a fight that uh, my man Robert G requested. Yesen Ayari, minus 120. Luigi Vendramini, plus 100. Um, Luigi Vendramini, I believe, opened as the favorite. Sorry, Mara Romero Borrero. I finally got cut, so I got to do a Italian swag somewhere, folks. Yeah, Luigi Vendramini opened at minus 175, and now he's plus 100. Uh, Yesen Ayari, minus 120. Um, Robert, I don't give his identity. Hopefully he doesn't mind putting, putting this out there, but he was interested. I don't know if he took it. In a play in Vendramini, who was still a favorite at the time. Um, and my initial read, Robert, is actually not too far off after uh, refreshing on recent fights, which you have to go back for both of them. Yes, and Ayari hasn't fought since 2018 against Stevie Ray. Stevie, throw your kick, Stevie. Uh, and, uh, you know, he came away from the cl- with a close decision that, you know, he could have argued, could have, should have gone the other way, um, or could have gone the other way at least. Um, Whereas Luigi Vendramini had to take a fight up a weight class against Elise Zaleski dos Santos uh, at 170 uh, short notice and got KO'd. Um, however, uh, looking at their stats, uh, I actually do like Yesen here. Uh, although I told any Vendramini supporters, if you're going to sprinkle on him, wait till he gets to a dog money. He is now at dog money, but that said, I did say even if you are going to wait for plus money, even at plus money, I wouldn't sprinkle a lot. It's a close fight. Luigi Vendramini is probably the better ground fighter. He's got the higher rank, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. However, Yesen Ayari doesn't appear to be a slouch. He's a Dean Lister brown belt. Um, and, uh, you know, comes from that Planet Eater gym. So he's pretty athletic. Seems like he's got good base and balance, moves well. So he's not the easiest guy to take down. Um, Vendramini will, you know, probably will have an advantage. He's a good back taker. Uh, it's fighting a guy more his size. However, Yesen Ayari's practically a welterweight too. I mean, this guy's a giant lightweight. So he may have trouble trying to wrestle him down, Vendramini, mate. So for that reason, I'll lean toward Yesen Ayari. Um, Yesen Ayari's boxing style. He's got that counter-pull right-hand boxing style. Uh, I think he's going to do better against orthodox fighters. You could argue maybe he had trouble against southpaws. 
because southpaws tend to do the moves that he likes to do as an orthodox fighter better, those kind of inside slip to right-hand counters that he likes. Southpaws, especially like Darren Till, are tend to be better at those. Um, so you, you saw him struggle there. Um, yes, and Ayari. And something to watch out for. I think, like, he, he with a boxing-centric stance, he doesn't check kicks very well. And, like, I think even, like, someone like Stevie Ray was able to land, like, 40 kicks on him or something. So even though there's limited uh, footage on Vendramini, and he could be a different fighter because he's young enough and it's been long enough, too, uh, I didn't see nearly enough kicks. He seems also to be more of a boxing-centric guy. Um, so if I want someone to beat Yesenayari, they better be a good wrestler and or throw a lot of kicks on the feet. Uh, I don't know if Vendramini is either of those, so I'll go with Yesen Ayari. So be careful, uh, Robert or anybody else who is interested in sprinkling a Vendramini. He does have a nice plus number by his name. Uh, you would be playing against the line, uh, public uh, for plus money, which, you know me, I'm always a fan of that. But uh, be careful, it's a tight fight. Um, all right, let's see how we did on time. Not too bad, 40 minutes. Ha-ha, <laughs> take that. Expedited edition. <laughs> All, right. <coughs> All right, folks. Taking Aren Aldana. Easy, Dan. Easy. Easy, Zab. Or <laughs> Jab. <laughs> Taking Aldana over home. So I don't know where the fuck I took you guys on like the first two fights of this breakdown. Thank you for sticking with me. Taking Yagen. Taking Yagen over uh, Otter Pops Philippe Cost. Car Carlos Philippe. Taking, I can't even say the names right today. Taking GDR over Juliana Pena. Taking Dusko Tortovich over Dequan Townsend. Taking Court McGee over Carlos Conde. Taking Kyler Phillips over Cameron Else. Taking Charles Jourdain over Josh Koulibau. Chossie Bao. Um, taking, I like Chossie Bao, by the way. Taking Jordan Williams over Nasaruddin Imavov. Taking Loma Lukmung Me. Over Jin Yu Frey, taking Casey Kenny. Oh my God! Uh, over Heli Alatang. I hope I'm not saying oh my God because that means Alatang killed Kenny. Taking Yes and Ayari over Luigi Vendramini. Um, I parlayed Kenny, Dusko, and Jordan for like plus 104, 1.04 or something like that. Uh, I took McGee straight at minus 135 for 1.5 unit. Put a unit straight on Aldana. Money line plus 100. Um, no props. Didn't Not pulling any degenerate sprinkles on like a co-main event over or anything like that. Didn't play any props. Uh, avoid Williams Imovov because I didn't watch anything on it as well as Phillips else. Thank you guys. Uh, make sure you hit up MixedMartialAnalyst.com that sports this year program. There you can find click-throughs through Amazon and Onnit to do your shopping for both. I like Onnit's hemp protein. I don't like supporting Amazon, but it's kind of the age where we kind of have to. I know you guys all buy some stuff through there. So do me a favor. I know it's your cross to you. Go to MixedMartialAnalyst.com. Go to the right. Toggle to the right if you're on a mobile device. Click through that bad boy. One click and you can go continue through. Log in. Do all your shopping at no extra cost. Small percentage goes back to this here podcast. Or if you want to keep it simple and sexy, you can go ahead and hit that PayPal donation like Robert G. did. And uh, go ahead and donate straight to the podcast. Otherwise, five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. Liking, subscribing to the channel on YouTube. Daniel Tom MMA sharing that channel, especially sharing the show at the PYM Podcast. Following it on all social platforms won't spam your feed, I promise. And I assure you, it all helps 
immensely. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the jokes and everything, man. It really helps me get through these uh, these tough and crazy weeks. I sincerely wish you guys the best this weekend. Good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect your neck. <laughs>